You're listening to The Red Tales, the Moddy Body Red podcast, which candidly celebrates the messy and iconic parts of our teenage years and our bodies. From juggling changing friendship groups, dealing with first heartbreaks, and waking up to changing body parts, our teenage years are filled with the most defining and often cringeworthy moments of our lives. Luckily, we're not alone. Moddy Body Red is the sustainable, easy to use period underwear for tweens and teens. It gives us the best protection against period leaks and stains, so we can ditch the pads and get on with living our best lives. I'm Sasha Meany, your host, and every fortnight I'll be joined by a young Aussie who isn't afraid to open up about the all-too-relatable moments from their teenage years and how they lived to tell the tale. Spoiler alert, make sure you listen to the very end of each podcast as we'll share with you our special Moddy Body discount code. The first time I got my period, it never occurred to me how fortunate I was. Instead, it was my excuse to eat all the chocolate and steal all the heat packs in the house. As I grew older, I came to realise that the momentary pain and discomfort I felt every month is something many women wish they felt. I didn't realise menstruating wasn't a regular occurrence for many. I didn't realise how important my menstrual cycle is to my overall health and well-being. And I didn't realise that not having a period meant having something else something far more painful and potentially life-altering. In today's episode, Margaret shares the moment she realised her period may not ever arrive and the polycystic ovary syndrome diagnosis that followed. Today, she shares with us her PCOS journey, what it means for her now and why her experience has ignited a fight in her for greater transparency and information around female health issues. Hello, Margaret, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. No, thank you for coming. Um, And today we're talking about PCOS, which is polycystic ovary syndrome. Mm -hmm. Could you explain to us a little bit about that diagnosis in a medical sense? Yeah, I have to say, like, I'm not a doctor, so I don't really... Of course, yeah. But it's basically you have enlarged ovaries that then have many small cysts on the outside of them um, and the side effects can be all sorts of different things for different women. For me personally, it means that my body doesn't naturally menstruate. It doesn't naturally give me my period. But for other women, it can mean things all the way from infertility to kind of pain and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's a very varied diagnosis, I think. Absolutely. And when did you... So I feel like there's this rhetoric in high school where it's if your period hasn't come yet, it's fine. You know, it's mm. going to, it will come eventually. You, you know, each person is maturing at their own rate. What was your experience in high school? Did it ever come at any point? Yeah, so it did come. So I think I was about late 15, early 16, which was pretty late. Like pretty much I was the second last girl to get it in my group. And I think Like for me personally, I was really concerned about it. I was really like, oh, what does this mean? Like, am I never going to get it kind of thing? And then when it finally came, I was super relieved. But then um, it was very regular, which is normal at the beginning of getting your period. But then there was a stretch of nine months where Mm. I didn't have it. And we were like, that's that's not normal. Mm. Um, So, yeah, we went to a doctor um, and 
from there the diagnosis occurred yeah and how how did they diagnose it what were the what was the procedure involved yeah um it was pretty invasive um so it was like an internal ultrasound uh which is where they actually have to look on the inside of the body um to check for cysts um and then after that uh it was kind of frustrating the process of doing it because I think uh, there isn't much research around PCOS and there isn't much um, understanding of why it happens or anything like that. So um, we kind of didn't really know what it was and I had never heard of it before uh, when I was doing it. So um, and going through that process, um, I didn't know what it meant. Um, but yeah, so they could see that there, there were cysts, but they didn't actually give the diagnosis until two years later. Um, so... But they um, put me on the contraceptive pill immediately, uh, not for contraception, but for regular regu- regulating the period. Yeah. So I had a similarish experience in mm. that when I I don't remember it was like three years ago I lost my period for a whole year. Yeah. Right. And I went and I did that ultrasound. Sorry, yeah. I'm like <laughs> making the, the the invasive thing in my head. I did that ultrasound and. Did you get to see the ultrasound as it was going? Yeah. How disturbing is that? And, like, there was all this stuff about, like, I don't know if you had this, but there was so many rules about drinking water and how much water you had to have in your body and all that stuff. And it was just really daunting because I was 17 at the time. So, like, I was still pretty young and I was just like, oh, my God, like, what's happening to me? Um, And I found it quite painful as well. Um, You might not have had something ever up there before. So I I was very like, oh, what's happening? Um, And, um, you know, even though the lady was super lovely, it was just um, quite scary to see the insides of my body on a screen. (laughs) Oh, it was so weird. Like, when I I was lying back and I remember we were just chatting. I'm a very chatty person. So we were just, you know, talking, 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 talking. She asked me what I was doing at uni, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden I see, like, these little tiny meteors, like they look like little meteors and they're little, like they've got, they look like they've got holes in them, right? And I, and I suddenly said to her, I was like, that's not good, is it? I just like, um, all my chat disappeared. I I just looked at it and I was like, that doesn't look right. (laughs) And she (laughs) says, oh yeah, so those are like little cysts on your your Mm. ovaries. And I said, so they're not holes? And she says, no, no, they're not not holes. And I was (laughs) I just left and I, I, you've, I've never looked at myself in the mirror and thought that that was what was inside yeah, of me. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. What was your experience like leaving the, leaving the ultrasound area? Um, well, I think the main thing was I was super scared of having cysts on my ovaries. I didn't realise how common it was for women because um, I, I'd had a, one of my friend's mums had had very serious case of cysts on the ovaries where she actually had to have surgery to remove them. And that was my only knowledge that I had of them. So I was like, oh my God, I don't want to get surgery. I don't want, I don't want this to happen. And um, so I think when they said there were cysts on my ovaries, I was kind of like panicking and being like, oh gosh, I'm going to have to have surgery and all that stuff. Um, but actually turns out it's a very common, m- many women have that. Many women have yeah. it. And I remember my doctor saying to me at the time that, the first things that she told me to do was get a blood test for my sugars and stuff. Mm. Was that what happened with you as well or? Yeah, so there were blood tests um, and like, you know, all sorts of other tests as well. Um, but I think then when they did the internal ultrasound, they determined um, that it was indeed PCOS. Um, I don't really remember what the 
blood tests were for. Yeah. Yeah. How did it take two years between that and the diagnosis? Yeah, so there was just um, they weren't 100% sure because when you're that young they're not, um, they mm, kind of say sure. that once yeah. you're around 20, 21, then they can confirm whether it is right. or isn't. Um, and because I was still 17 they were like, you know, it might just be as a result of maturing, um, but obviously that is not the case. Um, and so, yeah, it was kind of confusing because I was young and, at the, um, and you know, being put on the pill from such a young age was very confronting, I think, for me, yeah. um, especially since I wasn't sexually active at the time. So I was just kind of like, well, I have to take this pill every day. Um, and yeah, didn't really know anything about it or anything like that. Yeah. Did the pill, did you experience any discomfort associated with PCOS or? Um, I didn't experience any pain, but I also just, um, they say that if you don't regulate the period, then you are at higher risk of having a lack of fertility or low fertility later in life. Um, So if you don't actually force your body to menstruate, then you can end up not being able to have children if you want to do that later. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So they advise you to go on the pill as kind of a preemptive thing that your body gets used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Used to producing those hormones, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not just like your body isn't doing it and then you expect to uh-huh. be able to repro- reproduce later in life. Yeah. Are you still on the pill now? Yes. I hope that's not a horrible question. No, 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 it's not a horrible question. <laughs> I still am. Um, and, yeah, it's kind of a daunting thought to be like, I'm going to be taking the pill until I'm like 50 and, you know, Having children. No having my period. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, like, um, in order to, or at least until I'm having children, it's kind of a daunting thing because there's obviously lots of conversations around whether the pill is good for you or not. Well, that's what yeah. I... In high school, I never had thought about this, but then, you know, now at university people are constantly talking about whether or not the pill is good for you or bad for you, et cetera, et cetera. And I, my friend went through a real phase of being like, oh, no, I'm not taking the pill anymore. You know, it's bad for you. I'm going to be natural and kind of blaming, like making me feel bad for taking the pill at the time. Yeah. And I was just like, stop, stop putting this down my throat. That's your choice. This is my choice. Yeah. And do you do you find that? Do you find that you have to, I mean, obviously you're doing this for a medical reason, yeah. but do you feel like you have to justify justify things like that? Or I think so, yeah. I think it's like I also have to justify it to myself because mm. I think um, even though I know that I'm taking it for a medical reason, I think, you know, I've had friends that have all sorts of horrible side effects from the pill. Yeah. Um, and I, even though I haven't really experienced much of that, I'm still like scared that it's coming, you know what yeah, I mean? And yeah, and also sometimes curious like, oh, well maybe me crying once a week isn't because I'm just really, really stressed. Maybe it is the pill. Maybe yeah. if I stop taking the pill, I'll feel better. That kind of, do you? F- yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I think you- it's a very mental um, kind of like game jump and <laughs> yeah. game to like make in terms of, um whether the weighing up the benefits and that kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> have you tried multiple brands did like, or did you just go on one specific one and have you stuck with it? Um, I went on one specific one and it was like the lowest dose I could have like yeah. so that it's not very strong or anything like that because I don't uh, get much period pain or anything like that obviously because it's essentially a kind of uh, forced period um, essentially. So, um, but yeah, so I haven't really had any kind of, really bad side effects or anything like that. Yeah. That's good. And when you got the diagnosis, well, when you were 17, did they say this was potentially the diagnosis, but we can't confirm. So then when you were like, 
what did you do? Did you, my first instinct when this thing happens to me is to Google. Yes, and absolutely. <laughs> is that what you? Yeah, yeah. And kind of um, Googled and started reading about how, you know, I think it's somewhere between like 15 to 20% of women yeah. are in Australia affected by PCOS. So like, you know, quite a lot. Um, and I think we were really surprised. Like me, my mum and I, we kind of, she helped me through it and we were reading about it and we were like, what, we didn't, we'd never even heard of this. Even my mum, who's obviously, you know, um, much older than me, uh, had never heard of it or only vaguely. Mm. Um, and I think I was really shocked that there wasn't much education to like help me feel like I wasn't weird. Mm. Um, because I think that, because I, I have some other friends from high school who got their period late as well, who also have PCOS. And I think we were all in the same boat of being like, oh, I'm weird because I didn't get my period in like, grade six or whatever mm. um, is the average age. Um, and so we kind of felt very insecure. Oh, I, I personally definitely felt quite insecure about it um, well, even when I was that age. Like what you said, I was the second last person in my group. It's a topic of conversation that comes yeah. up so regularly in high school that it feels like you're being reminded, oh, yeah, it hasn't happened for me. <laughs> you know, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I definitely remember some of the other girls being like, oh, like, are you are you like healthy? Like, are yeah. you okay? When I said that I hadn't gotten my period yet. And I think that was like a real, it was kind of shaming. Like I, I think there was some kind of shaming over the fact that we had got like the girls that hadn't had gotten it late or whatever. Um, and I definitely felt like, oh, maybe that makes me like not as much of a woman or whatever, which was really dumb. But, like, no, at the time I was thinking it, yeah. I was when – so I don't have polycystic ovary syndrome yeah. as a chronic, like, a lifelong thing. Mm-hmm. I, at one point I had cysts on my ovaries and they thought, oh, maybe it will be polycystic ovary syndrome. And it turned out to be a problem with my insulin. So maybe it is – and that's the other thing is that there's just not enough <laughs> clarity <Yeah. laughs> in women's health to be like uh, – I don't know. It was yeah, just yeah, literally absolutely. there's no terms, there's no anything, whereas, you know, you look up a cold and you can get all the symptoms. You look up this, you can get all these symptoms. Yeah. I don't know what the frick is going on down there. <laughs> so no, no. I remember after seeing the x-ray and them telling me it's probably this, I Googled it on the train home and I had recently gone out of a long-term relationship and I was very convinced that I was never, ever going to have love again or never have sex again, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And then I was I was always like, it's fine because I'll be able to have children by myself. I'll just be a single mother. <laughs> and then I was going through and it was like, oh, you might be infertile, this, this, this. And exactly that thought. I was like, why can't my body just do what it's meant to do? Yeah. I was so upset. I was like, why can't I just be – why isn't it being normal? Yeah. Like am I not? A, am I not a woman? Like am I not – am I not capable of being a mother and all those things? And that's such a narrow definition of, you know, yeah, absolutely. of motherhood, of womanhood, of of all of those, um, you know, heteronormative concepts. But, and as smart as I am and I, as aware of that as I was, it comes in, it comes into your head and you're just like, I hate this. <laughs> yeah, well, because I remember being like um, – I, when we kind of confirmed the diagnosis, I was like, what do I need to do to ensure that I'll be able to have kids later? Like, and I was asking all these doctors, like, cause I went to specialists and gynecologists and all this stuff. And I was like, what do I need to do? Like, do I need to freeze my eggs or something? And yeah. they were like, no, no, no. But, um, but for me, I was very anxious about it, even though like, I'm not 100% sure that I want to have kids, but just like the thought the of choice. not having the choice was yeah. so scary to me. 
um, even though it's very far away in my mind. Um, it was like at the time such at the forefront of like, but will my life even be complete kind of thought process, which I think was really unfair that I had never even been mildly mentally prepared for that's exactly this it. possibility. That's um, exactly it. Yeah. You we you don't know about these different different circumstances, et cetera, prior to getting your period. So you just expect it to happen and then at what, twenty one? Yeah, 20, yeah. I think I was twenty two at the time. You're suddenly told and you're like, Well, I've have I've got twenty two years of unlearning to do about yeah, what absolutely. my future could be or what, you know, my preparation could be for fertility. Yeah. Cause for me, I don't know if your doctor had this conversation with you and I guess like I guess I this isn't something I dealt with long term, but she said if this stuff recurs, she said the important thing is that you know you have it because when you do try to get pregnant, there's people and specialists that you can see. Yeah. And she said, whereas a lot of women go through a long time not knowing they have it and not getting pregnant and doing all these different, you know, procedures and treatments, et cetera, mm. to no avail because of something that is treatable and, you know, can be done. And she said, it, it's not a bad thing to get this diagnosis because you know now, you like you have the education now that you can be aware of it. Do you yeah, know I mean? no, I absolutely agree. Cause I think, you know, I, I remember reflecting on it a lot at the time and I was kind of like, you know, when we were in school and we learned about, you know, periods and how to manage our period, I was like, how about preparing us for like the possibility that it's not going to be just like every month that comes la-di-da, whatever. Yeah. Um, how about, you know, actually talking about the different processes? And I think if I had even known slightly I think that would have made it a lot easier as opposed to being like, oh, now I'm kind of like an alien or whatever for having something that not all the other girls had. Um, but I think as I've gotten older and I've gone to university and I've met lots of people from all sorts of different walks of life, so many of them talk about experiences with cysts on their ovary or PCOS. And I'm kind of like, well, I don't know. Why hadn't I heard of it? <laughs> yeah, and it's, this also sounds like this is just a general musing on my behalf. But PCOS, like the very kind of acronym makes it sound scary. <laughs> and yeah. like polycystic ovary syndrome. It's like, well, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. You know, there's no just casual way of saying, oh, I have to deal with this. You know, yeah. I just I have to deal with cysts or something. Like, you know, there's no nice cliche way of saying something yeah, like that. absolutely. I think it's... um. Just um, there's so many terms and things that I've had to learn over the time, but, like, nothing that has made me be like, oh, yeah, this is what I have and I can articulate it clearly without freaking people out about what it is and, like, having to explain that to partners and that kind of thing is a whole process of, like, talking about it and what it means and, you know, how that functions in a relationship is a whole kind of thing, I think, yeah. Yeah. What do you think um, society or individuals can do to better those conversations around just alternative experiences of periods? Yeah, I mean, I think it really starts with educating women on it. I think it, I mean, I also think that there's not enough funding put put into women's health in general. I think that um, there are a lot of a lot of research suggests that. Uh, diseases and uh, conditions that affect men have such a more significant uh, amount of funding being put towards them than uh, diseases and syndromes and things like that that affect women. And the fact that this uh, condition affects so many women, even just in Australia, let alone across the world, and we don't even know why it happens, 
is a huge testament, I think, to the fact that not enough uh, funding and research is being put into it. And even though I know great female doctors that are doing so much to try and further it, I think that it's like if we don't have the backing of institutions behind us, how can we ever uh, get that message widespread? Um, Yeah, and I think talking about it in schools is a really important thing personally. Like I think since I was so young and I, I as I said, felt really isolated because of it, I think even if we had had one lesson where we talked about periods that weren't just the norm, that would have made all the difference to me. Um, in feeling less kind of alone. And I didn't feel like I had anybody that I could talk to aside from my mom and stuff, which, you know, love her. But like, but like you know, sometimes it's nice to be able to talk about that stuff with your friends. And I think um, for a long time I didn't talk to any of my high school friends about it because I didn't want them to be like, uh, you know, you're unhealthy, you're this, whatever. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, also because like you've said about education, you don't have all the answers yeah. to make them less worried or anything about yeah, absolutely. And I still feel like every time that I read something about PCOS, I learn so much more, um, but it kind of complicates it or suggests so many different alternatives as to why it might happen or how to deal with it and that kind of thing. And I think there's a lot of conflicting ideas out there that mean that it's kind of confusing for women uh, or young women especially to know how to manage it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And I really enjoyed learning about this. Ah, thank thank you. you. Thank you so much. While the pain, isolation and ongoing health issues caused by PCOS cannot be minimised, there are many natural remedies in everyone's reach that may help to minimise its symptoms, improve your mental health and reduce the risk of other associated health conditions. Here are our top three finds. First up, move your body. Because PCOS can lead to weight gain and by effect other metabolic issues like heart diseases, incorporating some kind of physical activity into your day can minimise these risks and other PCOS symptoms. Two, eating your greens. People with PCOS tend to have higher levels of insulin, a hormone that the body uses to lower high blood sugar. If the body has persistently high levels of insulin, it may stop responding to the hormone as well, thus increasing the risk of diabetes. Don't worry, you can still eat pizza, but just swap out your simple carbs like white rice for complex carbs like brown rice, which can help to stabilize blood sugar and insulin levels. Three, call your friends. Having a health condition can feel isolating. Our relationships not only improve our overall life experience, but lead to happier, healthier, and ultimately longer lives. While it can feel difficult to know how to talk or be around your friends during a difficult period, surrounding yourself with people you feel safe and supported by can be a great reminder of life outside of your health and remind you that you are not alone in your fight, even if you feel like you are. Thanks for listening to The Red Tales, the Muddy Body Red podcast. If you enjoyed tuning in to today's episode, related a bit too much to the story, or learned something new, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. If you're curious about our underwear and you'd love to give it a try, head to our website and use our exclusive code REDTAILS15 for 15% off. You can even join the Red Squad by signing up on our website to receive exclusive VIP offers. Lastly, to keep up with all things Red, make sure to follow us on Instagram at modibody_red. underscore Red. Remember, life is messy, but your period doesn't have to be. 